The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Empowering Your Soul with Lisa Willette. If you're ready to make personal changes in your life and the lives of those around you, get ready for an hour of encouragement, enlightened guests, and engaging stories. Now, here is your host, Lisa Willette. Hi, and welcome to Empowering Your Soul. I'm your host, Lisa Willette, and today is Friday the 13th. So exciting. Today, we're going to be talking about superstitions and Friday the 13th and paranormal and all those things that kind of make us think about, you know, Friday the 13th and what it means to us. Today, I'm really excited to have on the show with me a medium, entrepreneur, and teacher. She's an author as well. She's Debbie Raymond Panette. She's from Raymond, New Hampshire. She's, I'm happy to say she's a friend of mine, and we are very excited to do this show. So welcome to the show, Debbie. Hi. Thanks for having me. So exciting. This is going to be a fun show for us. Exciting! I got excited over the Friday the 13th opening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I know, great. It just it fits us very well. Yes. <laughs> so thank um, you for having me. Oh, gosh, such a pleasure, such a pleasure. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things, but um, and we'll probably touch base on them as we go through the show. But if you could just kind of briefly share with the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and who, you know, some of the things. I know you have some upcoming, um, you know, you have some stuff coming up and Things that you, I know you've talked, you've written some books, so I'd love to hear about that. So if you want to just, if you want to talk about that, and then we can go into them a little bit more in depth, too. Sure, no problem. So as you've mentioned, uh, we are friends, which is, it's been a wonderful experience thus far. Um, I'm a medium, and that's a person who talks to people who passed away. And we're also open to past, present, and future things as well. That even includes past lives, that includes future lives, and present lives. Um, I work on a lot of criminal investigations, and I also to do uh, private and group readings, but a lot of it is, is based on really just helping other people to connect with those who have passed or crossed over. And, you know, Lisa, these are things that we even say ourselves that we don't quite understand, so it's right. still a learning experience for myself, and we just go with the flow of things of however the information is coming through is basically how it's delivered. And come to find out, it works. So it, right. it's, it's been something that's been... Um, challenging but also very rewarding for me in many areas of my life, so I'm very grateful to do the work that I do. Um, as far as being an author, I have five books out. Um, the latest two have been really uh, getting me out of my shell, so to speak. I had met someone as a client who pushed me to write about being a medium and to go into territory that was a little bit unknown to me um, and almost fearful. I, I, I don't have a lot of fear, and that I had fear about was taking that protective shell off and letting everyone know what it is I do for work. And um, they received awards in London and New York and Los Angeles and Boston, all on separate occasions, um, you know, and it, that has also been eye-opening to me as well to see if the public has 
liked it and has accepted what it is that we've been trying to do, and that show people that there's more to just the living here that's on this earth, but there's more than that beyond it. Oh, absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so we do those things as well. I've enjoyed both of those books, and I'm going to ask you a little bit later to, we're going to talk in, in depth a little bit about those as well. I want people to know some particulars about those, so great. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you also have something else coming up, right? Something. Yeah, else? so the projects, okay. and I, it was funny, I just realized I had said the word unknown. Because I know, I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> pilot that we're working on, which is called, entitled The Unknown, and it is based on, it is close to a paranormal ghost hunting kind of TV show, but the difference is we're adding a reality spin to it. So the cast is smaller, um, we're bringing a more realistic approach in terms of what we do in our normal everyday lives and also you know having the investigations but it's not just considered investigations it's helping homeowners and helping people who are dealing with things that they just can't quite explain so that's where we are coming in um, and when I say we it's because we do have a small um, cast that we do have that's associated with it and now we're able to talk about it because it's starting to just come into fruition and we got the title and um, I just I know, nailed I a, a filmmaker this morning in a, in a business meeting so that was exciting <laughs> you know for, to, we have someone on our side who's actually done this kind of thing before and I was able to just um, contract him into helping us produce the show so yeah we have a, quite a few things lined up Oh, well, that's, I, and I just love the title, too, The Unknown. It just leaves so much to the imagination, too. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I'm not sure. There's so many things that I want to talk about today. Um, let, let's just start by, let's just talk about the show a little bit. Because um, The Unknown. So, that particular series, I know I can share with, can I share with the? Uh, oh, share absolutely. With the, Okay, so originally I had um, applied to be, I was go- I interviewed to be a paranormal investigator on yeah. the show, and it was something that I was a little hesitant about, but I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to try it. <laughs> yes. Um, and it turned out to be that my guides were basically telling me, you know, that probably wasn't going to fly for me. I, I like... I'm a psychic medium as well. I know you're a medium, you know, mm-hmm. you're a psychic medium as well. But we basically work on two different sides of the spectrum. You like to connect with deceased and the people on the other side, and I really like to connect up with the angelic realm. I'm so much more connected. That's correct, yes. <laughs> yeah. So for me, being uh, on the show was really exciting, and, and, you know, I wanted to do it. But um, I think to put myself, me personally, in situations where I didn't know I would if I would be able to... Um, you know, to overcome that fear of things. And I, again, I'm such more connected to a different energy, a different, you know, the angelic, the angels in the angelic realm. So um, I decided to take another route and I'm going to be, I believe I'm going to be part of the show, but in a different capacity. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And can I explain it a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. Sure. So, like, and, and because of our friendship and the history that we have, and I've gotten to know you as a person, I had asked you to come in and do a little bit of the editing and the processing of what we're doing because of your honest approach and um, your willingness to want to be a part of it in some way and the positive approach you're going to bring to it. And the honesty is the most important part because I want someone who's going to be able to view the work that we're doing and give an opinion on it, an honest opinion. And then the second 
second half of it is you do work with the angelic realm, which is a huge plus on our side because there are some, like you said, we work on different sides of the spectrum, absolutely. And there are times when we're going to need you, you know, to help explain something or, um, and your expertise, your expertise in your line of work, your opinions matter about what it is that we're doing and maybe what needs to be done or what needs to be added or things like that to the work that we are providing. So I, I trust you that much to know that the information you provide is the right information we should be using for this type Perfect. of show. Well, I'm excited about it. So now for you, is um, what exactly, you're, you're going to be the medium on the show and you're going to, I don't know, you probably can't share too, too much about it, but can you share what your role is going to be? You know, just like you said in the beginning, the title of The Unknown is exactly what it is. Um, we see a lot of these, the paranormal TV shows going into prisons and going into these sanitariums and asylums. We're not doing that. We're taking it to a different approach to where, where everyday people who live in small towns who just need someone to explain to them what it is going on in their house. When Basically, 80% of the time, it's probably their family members just trying to get right. their attention from the other side. Um, what I do is trying to get them to understand if it is a family member, and if it's not someone who should be there, we help dismiss those people or help them move on to somewhere else so they stop bothering um, the families or people who are living in the dwelling. So we do something a little bit different, but we're adding that realistic approach where you see our everyday lives and know that we are we are these normal people living in small towns, running errands every day, raising kids, spending time with grandkids. That's what the show is about. And right. that's what my position will be is, you know, showing a little bit of time with clients, but not a lot. I, you know, I believe in confidentiality. But most most of it is just showcasing that even you yourself as a psychic medium, you are a normal woman who has breakfast with her friends. And exactly. I think <laughs> we're trying to get across the message when we develop the show. Yeah, and some of our breakfasts, boy, those are fun. We have people from tables during our conversations talking about mediumship and paranormal. We have people's heads turning in the restaurants, don't we? All the time. You know, I, I, that's what we should record. We should record those conversations. Exactly. <laughs> and sure everyone's faces drop to the floor because they don't know what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, definitely amusing. Um, you were just talking about, you know, the normalcy of it. So, I mean, I know that my daughter, when she was young had some sort of ability and she maybe she's not going in that route at this point and I'm assuming that maybe my grandkids will as well you have I know you have two children do your children have that ability as well right they do and I know we'll touch base in the books later but I did I explained this a little bit about the children I've, I've had the ability since I was two years old and my children uh, my daughter Chelsea she developed it not developed but really came out of her shell when she was two as well and my son Christian showed that he had the instinct around four years old and both of them because we raised them in a household where it's okay to talk about this um, have developed strong instincts and securities about being mediums themselves at such young ages of 13 and 11. So right. I'm very, very pleased with that. And the, we talk about mediumship and ghosts and watch these paranormal shows, like people watch football, you know, during the season. That, that's how we do it here in our home. Yeah, it's we an everyday occurrence, right? People who understand. 
Yeah, it's an everyday occurrence. Like when you're having breakfast and you see a spirit walk through, you know, you talk about it like it's a person that's right there in the room with you, right? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times you just brought a smile to my face when you said that. How many times my daughter will look and go, Mama, I just saw Pepe there standing in the doorway. Mama, I just saw, and then she'll tell me, and I know that she's spot on because I'll also feel the energy walking in the room. And it just cracks me up because it can be just eating a bagel, getting ready for school and then they walk in the kitchen. So these are just everyday occurrences that we deal with as a family. Yeah, absolutely. And so can we just talk touch base to a little bit about protection that we do when we're doing this work, right? Because obviously your children aren't as adept at it as you, so there must be some sort of protection that you put into force. I know I, I do protection around myself when I'm doing this kind of work, but what, what do you do for protection? mention. Everyone is different. The way you protect yourself is different the way I do, which is why I said in the future we may need the things that you are capable of doing for some cases that we may be working on. What we do here at the home, as strange as it sounds, I listen to what is being told and they the spirit tells me to put rosaries on the indoor and the outdoor doorknobs of our bedroom. So we have done that. They have also said for us to put um, crucifixes or crosses above our front door of our home. We have done that. Um, whatever they say, if they feel that there is something negative about us or about the home or something is like wandering about us um, in our dwelling, they'll say to me, you need to put a rosary under your pillow. The reason being to put it under the pillow it protects the subconscious mind so when you go to sleep at night they can't enter your dreams or enter while you're sleeping and vulnerable so there's little things that spirit does tell us to do and we listen and it works we don't know how or why there's no scientific proof on it i just live through it and and that's how i know and and you in know addition, what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it, it, everyone's experience is different, and we have learned from experience that when we listen to what they're telling us to do, of course. it works for us. Well, in addition to that, though, too, Debbie, I know that, um, you know, I'm I'm not super religious. I, I grew up Catholic, but I you know, but I still right. believe in God, and I still call in my angels and my and I still you know I pray to Jesus and pray to God, and I believe you do the same thing, right? You, yes, you call we in. Do. Yeah. We were uh, raised very strict Catholic. I mean, between novenas and CCD and going to church every Sunday. Right. I don't practice religion now. Um, if they tell me something about a rosary, I use it. I believe it's because I was raised Catholic. But we also use you know meditations and we use a visual thought processes of putting bubbles around us. Um, prayers have helped me if I ever felt that I was being pushed up against a wall from someone where I've used certain Catholic prayers that have helped me out of these little sticky situations. But they've worked. So, you know, everyone is different. I just use what is being told to, to myself. Uh, yeah. And th- there are some things sometimes that some people may say, oh, that's a crock. But that's because they haven't had an experience with it. Once you have an experience with something and you use what your intuition is telling you to do and it works, why not use it again? So I've always used the same mechanisms for years because it has worked for me. It right. might not necessarily work for every other person, but this works for me. And that goes in terms of waking up 
the subconscious in the morning, planning out the day, getting ready for clients, protecting our home. Um, sage is an example. We all, right. you know, a lot of Are us sage, sage our homes. We sage our vehicles. We sage, which is like the burning incense, and there's different forms of it. Well, I happen to do that once a month. Why? Because we have so much energy in the house, we have to do it. Yeah, I sage my house once a week. For centuries. <laughs> yep. Yep, sage is great. And you can buy a sage spray, too. You don't actually have to go and burn the sage and do it that way. There's there's many different way, ways to sage, too, if, you know, if you're con- concerned about the smell or something like that. But, yeah, lots of protection, lots of different ways to... Um, Take care of yourself. I think we're going to, um, we have so much to talk about, and I want to make sure that we, we're going to take a commercial break really quickly. We're going to stop sure. here for a moment and take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back um, in just a quick moment, and we'll be talking about the actual superstitions themselves, and um, Friday the 13th superstitions and other superstitions people have. And I had asked for people to write in, and somebody actually, I got an email from Deborah from North Carolina. So we're going to address her email right after that. So we'll be back after this commercial break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Lisa Willette is honored to assist you as you move forward from imprisonment to empowerment. Individual intuitive sessions are available in person, by telephone, or via Skype. Visit www.lisawillette.com. While there, you can also find information about one-hour and half-hour Reiki sessions, life coaching, and tuning into your intuition classes. These classes will help you learn to trust your intuition and tune into yourself more easily. Mention that you heard about us on Empowering Your Soul and receive 10% off your next session. Visit lisawillette.com today. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Empowering Your Soul. To reach Lisa Willette, you may send an email to lisawillette at comcast.net. That's lisawillette at comcast.net. Now, back to Empowering Your Soul. And welcome back to Empowering Your Soul. I'm your host, Lisa Willett. If you're just tuning in, today is Friday the 13th, and we have today with us as a special guest, Debbie Raymond Panette. 
She's a, an author, a medium, and an entrepreneur. And earlier in the show, we were talking about some of the things that she has going on. We talked about her new TV show, the reality show that she's got. We're going to actually talk um, a little bit more in the last segment about some of her books. But right now, I wanted to touch base on Friday the 13th and the superstitions. I did a little bit of research um, about Friday the 13th, and this is what I came up with. And Debbie and I are going to kind of go back and forth. We're going to talk about different things that we share. That we can share different beliefs about this. Well, the superstition itself is a belief in the supernatural casualties that one event leads to the cause of another without any natural process linking the two events. I know they said astrology, religion, and omens, witchcraft, prophecies, things like that. I don't personally believe that astrology is superstition, but I'm sure there's people out there that do. But things that contradict natural science. It's also commonly applied to beliefs and practices surrounding luck, prophecy, and spiritual beings, particularly the belief that future events can be foretold by specific, apparently unrelated prior events, which in in our line of work, I guess, everything that we do would be considered a superstition. Right. Right. So there's a thin line of distinction between the concept of superstition and religion. What's fully accepted as genuine religious statements may be seen as poor superstition by those who don't share the same faith. So since there's no generally agreed upon proper or accepted religious standards among people or different cultural backgrounds, well, the very notion of what's a superstitious behavior is basically relative to local culture. I guess it's all, you know, what you consider, what you consider superstition is pretty much up to your own belief system. So, right, and I think that yeah. also has to do with the way you you were brought up. It's right. you know what, like what they were just saying with family and culture. So, yep. like according to the folklorists, there is no written evidence for Friday the Thirteenth superstition before the nineteenth century. The earliest known documented reference in English occurs in Henry Sutherland Edwards' eighteen sixty nine biography of Giacchino Rossini, who died on Friday the Thirteenth. He regarded Fridays as an unlucky day and 13 as an unlucky number. So it's quite interesting that on Friday the 13th, he passed away. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, it, I, that was, that that was a bad day for him. <laughs> I know. Well, that goes in, that kind of goes hand in hand with one theory that states that it's a modern amalgamation of two older superstitions, that 13 is an unlucky number and that Friday is an unlucky day. Friday has been considered an unlucky day at least since the 14th century when the, the Canterbury Tales. So that goes back quite a ways. Yep. It's true. And there's also a superstition thought by some to derive from the Last Supper or North, how can I say that, North myth, I try to say that twice, yeah. <laughs> that having 13 people seated at a table results in the death of one of the diners. Oh, God. I'm not having a dinner party with 13? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, another another fact that I learned was that in numerology, the number 12 is considered the number of divine organizational arrangement or chronological chronological completeness as reflected in the 12 months of the year, the 12 hours of the clock day, the 12 deities of Olympus, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles of Jesus. You get the 12 signs of the Zodiac. I mean, this goes on and on and on. There's more and more. Wherever the number 13, where, where, whereas the number 13 was considered a regular transgressing this completedness. So 12 is, 12 is unlucky, but 13 is maybe, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 12 is good, but 13 is unlucky. That's right. And it amazes me. Every every time you said the number 12, I never realized that until you just mentioned it. I had neither until I read it. The superstition I really found before the 20th century when it became yep. extremely common. The 
connection between the Friday the 13th superstition and the Knights Templar was popularized in Dan Brown's 2003 novel, The Da Vinci Code, which I loved. Oh my God, so did I. Yeah, and they, there was, yeah, I didn't realize that the superstitions go back to that far to the Knights Templar, but I mean, well, they probably go back even further than that, but yeah, they were really superstitious in that time period too. Yes. You know, something else that I found out, too, that I thought was interesting, Um, according to, this is kind of funny, according to Stress Management Center and Phobia Institute in Asheville, North Carolina, an estimated 17 to 21 million people in the U.S. are affected by fear of this particular day, making it the most feared day and date in history. Some people are even so paralyzed by fear of this day that they avoid their normal routines. (laughs) They don't, they don't go out of their house. They don't get out of bed. They don't take flights. I mean, they won't do their regular business. It's estimated, Debbie, that 800 to $900 million is lost in business on this day. Can you believe that? That's kind oh, of funny. That is crazy. <laughs> I know. So fear Friday the 13th has been called. Now, I'm going to try this once. Okay. Frigga? Is that Frigga? Okay. Yeah. Frigga? Triskaidekaphobia. Frigga being the name of the Norse goddess for whom Friday is named in English. And Triskaidekaphobia meaning fear of the number 13. Oh, I didn't and even I know. I learned something new today. I have never come across that word ever. I did not know that there was an actual phobia for that particular day, but that's very interesting to know. I'm going to keep that in my, uh, keep that in my Rolodex. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, you and I were talking before the show, too, about some of the other superstitions that we have, you know, that we grew up with. Um, I, I know this is kind of a funny one, but you had a story about your your aunt had a superstition. Yes, my aunt Solange was a, a, a very religious woman. And besides the religion, she, you know, believed in many things that you just can't see. She had such faith in everything and anything. And, you know, you can always count on her to tell you things, such as Friday the 13th as being one of those unlucky days. Um, but whenever she would go visit someone's house for the first time, she always brought a butter knife. And I could never understand, like, why she would even do that. And it's like she didn't want to even have to explain it. She just, you just bring a butter knife. It's, it's just a superstition. You just have to do it, she would say. And it That's just funny. It made me laugh. And it's the same thing as walking under the ladder or that whole black cat thing that you mentioned before. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Um, and she, always, she was big on if you saw a frog in the driveway, that that was good luck. So if you see a frog, don't run over it in your driveway. You know, just let it hop along. But yeah. to her, it meant good luck, like good fortune. So it was those things, you know, such as the superstitions, I'll never forget it. And again, it's the way that we were raised. And well, we yeah. remember it's, things it's like a, that. It's a time period, too, because my mother, for years, I grew up I grew up with this superstition that if you drop, say you're doing dishes or you're putting silverware away or whatever, you drop a knife, a man is coming to your house. If you drop a fork, oh. it's a woman. <laughs> if you drop a spoon, it's a family. Family. Yeah. So we used to, you know, growing up, we were dropping silverware right and left. We're like, oh, we're going to have lots of company tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah. That comes from my great-grandmother. <laughs> but, you know. They're good looking. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, too. You just mentioned black, you mentioned black cats. But you know what? I What I found out is that even though it's a it's a superstition, black cats are the least most adopted animal because of that. People are actually afraid to have black cats. So like in the shelters, it's like the cat that stays the longest there because people are afraid to take them home, which is kind of sad. But Which is sad. 
bad, right? Because they're just, you know, um, it's a superstition. It's not necessarily real. Life is being jeopardized, or they don't have a home just because of what they look like. That's very sad. What about um, when you were a kid? Did you ever do this when you walking down the street? You couldn't step on any cracks on the sidewalk, or if there was, did you jump over the cracks? We used to you do know, that. Like, I grew up in Lawrence, Mass., so whenever we'd walk around, there would always be sidewalks and cracks and things like that. And you'd always do the telltale, um, a little poem or something, or you know, don't step on the crack, you'll break your mother's back, right, kind of thing. Right. And of course, I remember that, but I always knew that was humbug because I, I for some reason, my mind was. Always always a little bit more developed to where that was just a nonsense thing. I knew I wouldn't break my mother's back if I stepped on the crack. Um, right. So I, those to me were just little poems, but it was around me. It was around, you know, superstitions was around me a lot. If you would see emblems or spray painters, someone spray painted a symbolism, uh, it really did get people's attention. And I, that I remember. I just didn't put too much thought into those things. Right. What about for me? I to this day I still do it. When I actually when I'm walking down the street and I see a penny, if it's face down, tails up, I won't pick it up, but I will actually flip it over so that the next person walking by can pick it up. <laughs> I'm going to remember that next time. Yeah. So next time I see a penny, I will do exactly what you, you just can pick said. It up if it's, you can pick it up if, if it's heads up. But if it's tails up, nope, you got to flip it over for the next person. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I'm going to remember that next time. Excellent. I wanted to make sure we have time. Um, I, the, the email that I received in was from Deborah in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the question that she emailed me. She said, is it true that seeing spiders is a sign of money coming in? Oh, my God. Well, we can talk about that, but man, anytime I see a spider, I don't care if there's money coming in or not. I'm killing that spider. <laughs> you know, spiders, I don't know. I think it's a different symbolism for everybody. Um, you know, with my spirits, I work with symbolism, and some some of them do use a spider. Um, spiders, uh, you know, if she can think of it that way. Maybe she was raised or herded along, you know, the time when she was growing up. For myself, I think spiders are unique, and, you know, they control the insect population. Um, they can build these magnificent webs that I, I don't even know how they do it. Um, so when you, when you look at spiders like that, it's because they're all different sizes, and that's probably what you were saying, how big they are. Um, I don't look at them that way. It is a symbolism for sure, and it can mean some scary superstition to another person, absolutely, well, and it could mean something that's worth of good luck. I think everyone just perceives it a little bit differently, and that's what superstitions are all about. There is a saying that I used to know as a kid, when spiders spin their webs for noon, sunny weather's coming soon. I, again, if I see a spider web, that thing's coming down. I don't care. I don't care oh, if I'm really wow. sunny and, you know, weather or not. I just not, got but... when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what do we say the goosebumps are for? So goosebumps are confirmation, spirit confirmation. Yeah, so as soon as you said that comment, I got goosebumps with it. So that that's a great confirmation there. Well, Deborah, as far as I'm concerned, what my understanding is, and I, you know, again, I'm telling you that I'm going to kill them any chance I get. I mean, I don't care if there's money involved or not. But um, my understanding is all except the tarantula are supposed to be good luck. And the larger the spider, the larger the rewards. So, yeah, I, you know what? I'm sorry, but if I see a giant spider the size of my hand, I don't care if there's a million dollars coming my way. That thing's, that thing's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Although I have heard the same as you. I have heard that they are definitely um, 
what do you call it, you know, that they're spiritual and that sometimes they come to you and, you know, and mean something and they're supposed to be an omen of good luck, but I don't it know. It does. Do we, do we have two minutes for me to share something with you? Um, I think we do, yeah. Okay. So one day I was on the deck outside and we had a magnificent spider web. I mean, absolutely stunning. I didn't even want the kids to touch it. And just like how you're afraid of the larger spiders, she was a larger spider. I would probably say just the body itself was the size of about a nickel and then count the legs. She was big. And because we are intuitive and we can actually be sensitive to a lot of living things, I was able and I don't know how people are going to take this. I was able to read the spider and understand what it was she was doing. And there were three eggs on the web. And all that hard work she had done, I looked it over four days in a row and watched this castle being built. She had explained to me the eggs, of course, are her children. And I said, but why, you, why is it so grand? Why is it so big? She explained to me in an intuitive way, which is just mind to mind subconsciously, that every square she had created was a memory. And oh, when wow. the babies come out of the egg and they start scattering themselves all over the web, they grab those memories of their mother because she will be passed away by the time they hatch from the egg. So oh. that's why they do the webs and the eggs that way. So this way when the children climb over them, they gain memory of their mom. And wow. I have never taken down a spider web if it was not in my house ever again after oh, she boy. had shared <laughs> that with me. You're gonna make me wanna you're gonna make me wanna rethink it. I'm not sure I'll be able to do it, but <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, uh, it, it was just a magnificent thing that happened to me on one summer day, and I'll never forget it. So we don't ask people to believe in the things that right. I'm telling you. I'm just saying that was an experience I had, and I will. It changed my life. I will never yeah. forget it. No, I, I, I that makes sense. I mean, that's understandable. You know, when especially when you're communicating, you know, with with the the being. So exactly. Um, I think we have a couple more minutes before break. I'm getting the notification that we're going to be um, going in a couple minutes. But some of the, um, I wanted to touch base too, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, Debbie, but breaking a mirror. I know that when I was a kid, that was really, I know I broke mirrors as a kid, you know, growing up. And for the longest time, I really believed that they were actually bad luck. Um, I'm past the point of seven years bad luck now. I'm past the point of believing that. I haven't broke one in a long time, but did that ever happen to you? It did. I, I can remember being, I would say on the age of 13, 14 years old, where um, I never liked looking into cracked mirrors. Number one, it gives us a whole different look at ourselves, but I always assumed or thought it was bad luck for me. So I always okay. try to look into a mirror that wasn't cracked. And when we were younger, we didn't, you know, um, living was difficult. We're a little bit lower than middle class. So sometimes we would have the occasional cracked mirror, and I, I remember never liking to look in them because I thought it was bad luck. So I oh my god! That. Well, I don't know that we're going to have time to finish this conversation, but my god, have you ever looked in a mirror like and just stared at your eyes in a mirror? I mean, talking about paranormal and kind of, I don't know what people out there, if, if you've ever tried this or not, but if you stare at your eyeballs in a mirror and, you know, you're looking straight with a little bit of a light behind you, you, you kind of, you kind of see a lot, you know, there's your, your face changes, your eyes stay the same, but you can kind of see, you know, you let your eyes go blurry. Do you ever do that? Yes, and um, that's actually, it's it's like a, 
there's a certain name called for that, and I'm trying to think of what it was as you were speaking. But it's Actually, Debbie, let me let me just interrupt you with that just for one second. Debbie? And the mirror is also... This is Debbie? what I, like, I, again, I say this is what I've known for, can sometimes bring different worlds into our world, and you can see things sometimes in mirrors, but when you look away... Debbie, can I interrupt you for just one quick second? Of course. I'm sorry. We just have to take a commercial break right now. We're going to finish sure. talking about that right as we come back, so stay tuned for the next segment of my our show. We're going to finish this conversation, and I apologize. We have to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be back real quick. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Lisa Ouellette is honored to assist you as you move forward from imprisonment to empowerment. Individual intuitive sessions are available in person, by telephone, or via Skype. Visit www.lisawillette.com. While there, you can also find information about one-hour and half-hour Reiki sessions, life coaching, and tuning into your intuition classes. These classes will help you learn to trust your intuition and tune into yourself more easily. Mention that you heard about us on Empowering Your Soul and receive 10% off your next session. Visit lisawillette.com today. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Empowering Your Soul. To reach Lisa Willette, you may send an email to lisawillette at comcast.net. That's lisawillette at comcast.net. Now, back to Empowering Your Soul. Okay, thank you for returning back to Empowering Your Soul. Today we have, it's Friday the 13th, and we're talking about superstitions Friday the 13th. We we had to interrupt for a commercial break, and Debbie was just sharing with us a story. I'm going to have her finish that story, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about... Um, Today, well, and I wanted to make a point too. I wanted to tell people that today is there's only one Friday the thirteenth in the year two thousand fourteen. So this is this is actually only Friday the thirteenth that we're going to have here, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about. Well, let's just come back. So Debbie, come on back. Thank you for. Oh, sure. Hi. Okay. Yeah. So can you finish what you were saying? Sure. You know, you had mentioned if you ever stood in front of a mirror and just stared at your eyes and and it basically gives us that kind of meditative feeling and a floating feeling almost. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of times as well, if someone, it was a spirit or a ghost or an apparition, a lot of times they'll show up in mirrors. And when you turn around because it startles you and you realize they're not there, but you turn around and you see the mirror again and they're in the mirror, you have to look at the mirror almost as another world or another realm or a vortex is where they come in and out. It's like a doorway. 
that's happened to me many, many times, and I'm sure listeners or people who listen to the show, they may have had the same experience. And it's just, it's hard to explain it, but if, if you don't have the experience, it's weird that mirrors can actually project things that, that are not on the opposite side of the wall. It's right. amazing. Right. Well, that's, gosh, that's, I'm going to look at mirrors in a totally different way now. <laughs> <laughs> And avoid them at all costs. <laughs> um, so let's, we have in our last segment of the show, I want to make sure we have time to talk about this. And um, thank you, Deborah, by the way, from Raleigh, North Carolina, for listening in. I hope you continue to be a longtime listener. Um, we're going to talk about some of the books that you wrote. I know that you co authored these, but um, you channeled these books The Growth of Truth and Intentional Spirits, right? Yes. And they're available on what, Kindle, Nook, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble? That's correct. Okay, and you can buy them in any of those places, right? And if people, I want to make sure, if people needed to reach you or wanted to know more about the books or your show or just have a session with you, where would they reach you? They can reach me at Deb, D-E-B, Panette, P-I-N as in nut, E-T at Comcast.net. I just, I work through email basis only. Okay. It's just, it's a lot uh, it just clarifies rules and guidelines and costs um, much efficiently and quicker than I can return anything by a phone call. So okay. I just strictly do that by email. Thank you for asking. Perfect. No, no problem. Um, so I've read both of your books, and they were fascinating to me. I don't. I, I mean, we only have a, a 15 or 16-minute segment here, and I don't know that we'll even have time to touch base on everything I wanted to. But um, The Growth of Truth, uh, in that book, and we'll just touch base on this really briefly, I know that in that book that um, you had a physical, you were physically attacked. Uh, You wrote about that. So spirits can physically attack us. Um, Is it something that that you can just briefly... You know, shit. Sure. I, don't, I know. I mean, this yeah, is, it's very, very fascinating. Um, it, it is fascinating, even though it's it's disgusting and scary at the same time. Um, but you know, there's many stories of people saying they felt like they were trapped in their bed, or they feel like they can't move, or they feel like they couldn't breathe. You know, these are all really negative entities that are kind of entering and wanting to harm us for their own their own sole purposes. And sometimes they can call do something called jumping in, which is actually jumping into an the person's physical body to have a physical experience. Some people can call it possession. I don't call it possession. I call it jumping in. Okay. Um, and, you know, in order to harm someone else, we have seen many times on news stories and, and magazines and newspapers uh, people saying, um, so-and-so made me do it. And usually it's a bad person they're mentioning. And if that, that that person's passed away, how or in the live in the spirit realm, how could they harm another person? Or how many times do we hear someone say, "Well, they told me to do it, so I did it," and right. they don't exist. And and it's very hard for people to understand. Well, I witnessed that firsthand where I was physically abused, uh, uh, very much so from someone that I had trusted, but. I knew that it wasn't that person who actually did it. It was an entity that had entered that person who had harmed me. So I know it for a fact, and nothing will change my mind about it. Um, I've had several surgeries to repair damage that has been done to my face. Um, If you looked at pictures from years ago to to now, you can see a little bit of a difference between my eyes and my nose, Uh, things like that. 
that, and it was the wording that was used, it was the way that he sounded that I knew wasn't him. Right. And that's when I told you, know, just based on confidentiality, I, I never yeah. wanted to mention who the person was. No, we and won't even talk book, about it. I, just I never give bring... a name, and, uh, you right. know, because it's not that I forgave, I just understood where it was coming from. Right. There we, that's, that's a perfect statement. Yeah, no, and we won't go into it a little right. bit more. Oh, yeah, but that just goes you. into using your protection. And, um, you know, sometimes there are people that want to harm us. But, you know, I know you dealt with that and you moved on and you moved past that. And you've since then wrote and written a new book, Intentional Spirits. Now, that's about you channeled some people on the Titanic now. And I understand it's 101 anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic this year. It was, and you know what? These these books come out of the blue. It's not something that you sit there and you go, "Oh, you know, I want to write about this today." That's not how it happened. I'm a I'm a person who very much listens to what spirit tells me to do, and when they tell you you need to write this book, you go and write it. And and anyone who has who will purchase the book or gets a chance to read it will see that a lot of the stories that are based in there is from you know obviously the people who perished on the ship, but what has happened is we share the stories of before they went on the ship, during they went on the ship, and after right. the ship had prevailed into the into the dark sea. So that's where we did something a little bit different. We actually let them speak, which is why in parentheses it says voices from the Titanic, because obviously they're passed away, and we recorded what they have said to us. And these are things that have never been recorded in a newspaper before, or that, you know, how can anyone else ever have a story such as what we shared unless you channel them. It was have. fascinating. It was a fascinating read. You know, I'm going to quote you. you in some. I'm going to quote you in some of the things that you said about this, the book. But I have to share that while I was reading the last book, uh, I read it on my Nook. Spirit kept jumping pages. Like I would try to start when I first tried to start the book, it would bring me to like the fifth chapter. Didn't want me to start on page one. And no matter how many times I kept going back to the beginning, it wanted me to start in the middle. It was pretty funny. I I had such a hard time starting it from the very very beginning. <laughs> yes, and you know, and just like when you said um, about. 20 minutes ago that I was, it was co-authored and it was with Bonnie Moroth and she did a fascinating wonderful job. I could not have done it without her and of course I do the channeling part and what it is is I, I would hand over my work to her and then she would um, handle the rest. So she did an amazing job also Absolutely. Uh, not only as a critic, you know, she's a critic herself but um, a sensitive person to it. We have cried writing these books. We have had such emotion. I went through a range of emotions writing both of the books with her and right. uh, like I, I couldn't have done it without her and all the awards that we have won on the books was based on her mailing them out and registering them and giving it a chance so you know she she also had a big part in the book uh, not only as an editor and a creative writer to help me with it but also as a literary agent trying to get the book out there excellent well you you've you. said you've said in a vision, there is no concept of time with the spirits. Fifteen minutes of their time can be a millisecond to the person having the vision. That every spirit comes through in a different manner and not to every intuitive who is present. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, and it's, um, I had a, to, to, go, to coincide with that question, there, there is no concept of time there for them because now they're in eternity. They don't have, like we use number 12, they don't have 24 hours a day, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. They don't live in that. So say if, if someone that we love passed away and it's been a year and we know it's been a year anniversary, they don't. They don't right. realize that. So can you imagine living in a world with no time constraint? 
That that's like the best thing. I, I would love that, um, but that's that's true, the best way to explain it. Another way is when you and I had spoken uh, last night, and I I explained to one of my clients that. She had asked me how it feels to go, you know, to do the work that we do, and I said, oh, boy, that's fascinating because it, it does feel different. So when we do travel a channel to the other side to do the work that we are, are providing, what ends up happening is we lose a little bit of concept of time there. So that energy makes us tired, and the trip is worthwhile, no doubt, but it does do something to the human body because we're going places that sometimes it's, it's very difficult to travel to, and that's because there's no concept of time there. So that it's a big thing for, or a hard thing for people to understand. Um, and there's a word I was trying to find of, like, time traveling, and I can't think of the word, that scientists have been trying to look into this and perfect this for hundreds of years, and they just can't understand it. And sometimes I just want to email them and tell them, why don't you ask a psychic medium, and we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Because that's funny. about it all wrong. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yes. Did you have a particular, did you have a particular, when you channeled this last book, was there, I know there were so many heartbreaking stories and so many touching stories in it from the, from the little girl to, you know, the, um, to the, the man in the black boots. Is there, did you have a favorite or? You... I did. So Luke or Luciano, we like to call him, was such a, handsome, he was very handsome, um, yes, he was amazing, he was kind of the host, as if, like, he would take my hand and show me, uh, what it is I needed to see, so to speak, and he knew what I could handle, and, you know, when people read the book and they see that I actually was in danger at some point in the book, it was very interesting, though, that he was just trying to show me in a way of what they went through firsthand, and it, and it was terrifying because it was nothing like watching a movie that was produced 20 years ago, so it was nothing like that. It was totally different as if you were going through it yourself. That's what channeling is about, right. and Luke was is just, a, I'll call him an old soul, who was very young, um, who took the reins of this project with me. He was the first one who showed up. He showed up in front of my daughter a couple of times. Uh, he has been absolutely, uh, there's no words can describe it, the vulnerability he showed and the fact that he just wanted the, the ones who were with him, that he wanted their stories to be told. There are many more that still come through. No doubt about it. I know a second book, a third book should be written. Uh, Bonnie and I have been so tied up with other projects and other things, and I feel awful, you know, putting them to the side, but I do take notes of the memories that they show me. I do forward them to her. So we do keep journals in terms of who does come through, why they're coming through, what they're showing. We just haven't put it in book form yet. So he's kind of like a spokesperson, though, right? Story. I'm sorry. He was kind of like the spokesperson? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's nice. He had a nice energy. I, I you know, I, I really, he really, you really felt the connection to him. You guys did a good job describing everything. So I'll be looking forward to, I know I'll be looking forward to books two and three on that. So Thank you. Yeah. Now, um, I know that in the book as well, too, you had a couple other experiences where you felt like they pulled you in at some point and you weren't in control. Now, I know that, is there, 
their terms as opposed to our terms controlling the situation? Can you talk a little? I know we we probably yeah. only have about another we probably only have another two minutes, but could you could you okay, share? Okay, sure, yes, and that's what you and I um, we know this for a fact is when we do channels, sometimes we can be put in situations that are dangerous, and it did happen, and it frightened me because I live in 2014, and when I told Luke this is not okay. It wasn't okay because I felt like I could be going down and I have my, my family here. But what he wanted to showcase was that terrifying moment that they all had, and he just wanted it to be validified. He wanted someone to say, this is what we went through, and I was able to show that. Not only have producers and directors done it in movies, but I was able to witness it and tell it in words. Excellent. No, it was definitely, um, I felt when I was reading it, I felt for you. I'm like, oh, no. Yes, <laughs> that, thank that's got to be utterly terrifying to not know. Because, like, you can go from, there. they go so quickly. You know, he brought you to the beginning of the day, but he could have taken you right to the, to the event at night that same day in that such a short mm-hmm. time period, you know? That's correct, yes, and that that is what happened, and because, like I said, we live in 2014, uh, I'm in a more controlled environment than being on a ship that was going down in the middle of the night, do you know what I'm saying? So it was definitely a different environment. Absolutely, and it's good that you you normally control your your visions through your meditation, so that's great. So, I mean, that's... That's the way to do it, to be in control, and then you can you can let in who comes through, and you can set the pace and give them the guidelines. You know, you're a strong woman in this day and age, and I know probably an Italian from a century ago probably didn't want to <laughs> probably didn't want to listen. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. So we we are getting near the end of the segment. My God, there's so many more things I wanted to discuss in. <laughs> Just ran out of time. So um, I think what's going to happen is we'll have to have Debbie back on the show at another time to continue this conversation at a later date. But again, if you want to reach Debbie, she's at debpanette at comcast.net. That's a way to reach her by email. And I really want to take the time, Debbie, to say thank you so much for being on the show. I hope people today learned a little bit more about Friday the 13th that they might not have known and a little bit more about superstitions and, um, you know, what, what being a medium, what being psychic you know what those things entail so i ask everybody to join me next week for another exciting episode Just make sure that you if you don't have an if you haven't downloaded stitcher or voice america app make sure you you download that so you can listen to the show at any time and thank you again debbie for being part of the show with me this thank week thank you lisa i look forward to talking to you in the future we can share our project plans with your Ex- audience excellent that would be great so everybody have a great weekend and happy friday the 13th Thank you for listening to Empowering Your Soul. Please be sure to join Lisa Willette for another engaging program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, stop feeling imprisoned and start being empowered. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.